Welcome to Celebration Church Online. We are so glad that you've joined us. We want you to share this broadcast with as many people as you can. We believe that it will bless and encourage us all in this season. Remember to continue reaching out to your loved ones. Stay connected with each other, especially with your cell family. The Bible gives us a pattern to look out for one another. Let's speak His Word and His strength will carry us through. Well, this morning, uh, I want to just greet you all. And I am so thrilled at the responses that we're getting from this series. You know, it's not easy to deal with life-controlling issues, life-controlling problems, codependencies, some of the issues that we face. But these things have surfaced because of the lockdown. We have many people that didn't know they even had some of these things. And, and then during lockdown, they got caught up in things that they once had victory over or had been latent or had been hidden. And uh, because of the pressure of the lockdown, because of the pressure of, of the situation we find ourselves in, that's kind of what happens sometimes. And it can either turn to our detriment and demise or God can help us to face these things and we can turn and defeat them, gain ascendancy and victory, self-mastery over them. And so this morning, uh, I want to continue uh, in our uh, scripture. But before I do that, I've got a couple of scriptures that I'd like to do. Uh, I'd like to read for you that I believe are uh, really important. Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21, it says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened, with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints that which is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God now unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that we can ask or imagine according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. This passage of scripture speaks deeply to uh, a kind of knowing that God wants us to have. God wants us to know him in a way that very few do. He says, I want you to know the height, the depth, the breadth, and the length. It's a, it's a four-dimensional knowing of God. He says, I want you to know me and my love. I want you to know my love in a way that is meaningful. He says, and then he goes on to say, I would like you to know this love that's past comprehension that you can't know. I've always asked the question, how do you know what you can't know? But the Bible is that it's two kinds of knowledge. You have the, the knowledge that comes through an experience with God, an experiential knowledge, and then you have the knowledge that's head knowledge. And, and the problem with many of us is that we just stay at head knowledge level. We're always thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking, and we keep it in the mind, and we never really deal with the heart. That's why we need the body of Christ. That's why we need each other. Because only by fellowship, only by the church coming together, only by being who we're supposed to be, and by facing ourselves and having people be mirrors to us can we solve some of these problems and really get to know God. That's why we need a, a quality time with God each day. 
So the next scripture I wanted you to get is 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 19. It says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which comes, which while some have coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and they've pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man, O woman of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life wherein you've been called. And you've professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give you charge in the sight of God who quickens all things. And before Jesus Christ, before whom, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. That you keep this commandment. Keep it without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and the only potentate of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Bible says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good. Charge them that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold of eternal life. God, God's helping us. He's helping us with His power. He's helping us with his love. He's helping us with the love that he affords us. Uh, he's helping us with setting priorities. Uh, one thing we understand in life is that no one can be an island to himself or to herself. We need other people in our lives. You know, a few weeks ago, uh, we talked about defenses. And we looked at some of the dangers of isolating ourselves from one another. And it's important to break down the walls we, we, we know that if we don't break down the walls that keep us from knowing ourselves and knowing others, we can get ourselves into a really a tough place. We called it the trap. Now, there's three main issues that God uses to help us. And they're easy. The first is that we have the Word of God. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 says that, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow. It is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and wide open to his eyes, to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. God sees everything, and he uses his word, and he sees, and he speaks to us with his word. Second, we have the Spirit of God. John 16, 13 says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth has come, 
He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. We can't do this without him. And third and last, this is the resource that I want to that I want to talk about, and sometimes we forget. We have the people of God. Hebrews 3, verse 13 says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You see, caring Christian people can help us break out of our delusion and our isolation. Our fellow sisters and brothers can help us dismantle the walls that keep us from seeing ourselves clearly and keep us from dealing with the important issues of our lives. This is a part of God's plan for us as the members of the body of Christ. The Bible tells us to love one another. 1 Peter 1 verse 22 says, Seeing that you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. I love this passage of scripture. Seeing that you've cleansed yourself, that your hearts are full of unfeigned love, see that you love each other. The Bible tells us to carry one another's burdens. In Galatians 6, 2, it says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and in so doing, fulfill the law of Christ. The Bible tells us to be kind and compassionate towards each other. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And all through the Bible, we find these one another scriptures that show us, I think there's, I don't know, I think there must be 30 or 40 of them that show us how to relate to each other as brothers and sisters. Thinking more about others than we think about ourselves. Preferring one another. So, what we're talking about and in light of our foundation scripture that we found in 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 11, we see that our willingness to speak and to minister to, to others and to provide feedback to one another, we, we, we find that this can be used by God to develop a trait called godliness. And that's our sixth objective in our quest to discover the path of Christian maturity. Let me read the scripture again. It's 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-11. through 11. According to his divine power, he has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by them you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. Godliness. That's what we're talking about today. It goes on and says, into godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity, or love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible goes on to say, but he that lacks these things is blind. He cannot see far off. He's forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things in increasing manner, the Bible says, you shall never fail. For so an entrance will be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
Godliness. Godliness is being like God in our daily lives. It's a devotion to God above everything else. Godliness grows out of a consistent personal relationship with God that is fed by a regular time of prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, and accountability. In quiet moments alone with God, when you're quiet with Him, that's when we allow Him to speak to us. And that's when He builds His character into our lives. Many people run from those quiet times. They don't want to hear from God. Or they're so busy speaking and praying that they don't hear from God. They don't listen. These are vital, vital spiritual disciplines. And it's like a daily exercise program. And it definitely needs perseverance. Now, I'm not telling you this will be easy. In fact, I'll tell you just the opposite. It is difficult. That is where the perseverance that we spoke about last week comes in. But if we make ongoing choices to exercise perseverance, we will grow into godliness. I want to look at a few verses this morning that will help us to learn about godliness and how godly living can characterize our lives. Uh, In the book of Acts, chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Notice, Peter and John had an hour of prayer. They knew what the hour of prayer was, and each day they made their way to the house of God. What I'm saying is they made God their focus, and they made prayer their business. One of my mentors told me, if you'll make prayer your business, God will see to it that everything else comes in order. Daniel 6 and verse 10 says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he knelt upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. You know the story. Daniel had been accused falsely by people in his uh, in the hierarchy of the uh, government, and they knew they couldn't get any, had, they had no fault that they could find on him. The, uh, the only thing they could do is find him in some breach of his own law or character. And they knew that he prayed three times a day. So they made a decree. They had the king sign a decree that anybody who prayed would be thrown to the lion's den. But Daniel didn't, it didn't avert Daniel at all. In fact, what Daniel did is he went right back out. He did exactly what he always did. He prayed to his God. And you know the story. Let me tell you something. There's something about seeking God early and praying and being with him that can change your life. Then there's 1 Timothy chapter 4, the second half of verse 7 and verse 8. It says, I have kept the faith. Paul's saying this. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not only to me, but also to all of them that love his appearing. Paul knew that there was something beyond this life, and that God was a righteous judge. 2 Peter 3, verses 10 through 13 says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with Fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to be in all holy lifestyle or conversation and godliness? Godliness. 
Well, here's what kind we should be. It says, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of the Lord, or the day of our God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements of the earth shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. What kind of conversation should we have? What kind of people should we be? Full of godliness. 1 Timothy 6.11 but thou, O man, O man of God, O woman of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, follow after godliness, follow after faith, love, patience, meekness. Flee these things, follow after godliness. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. God's helping us. John 16, 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he'll show you things to come. Philippians 4, verse 6. This is godliness. God speaking to you. God guiding you. God directing you. When you hear God, you don't have to be fearful of anything. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. We don't have to be careful for anything if we have prayed, if we've sought God. 2 Timothy 3, 1-5 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, like the COVID crisis. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false, accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. The Bible says, and having a form of godliness, but denying the power, power thereof. These people, he says, turn away from them. From such, turn away. See, God says there's a form of godliness, and then there is godliness. The form of godliness is not what we're looking for. We're looking for real godliness. Now, there's some keys to maintaining good habits when it comes to prayer and fellowship with God. Number one, I think you need to set a certain time each day. Number two, you need to set a certain place. For example, many of us brush our teeth either upon rising or right after breakfast or both times. <laughs> many of us make our bed first thing in the morning before we leave the room. Those kind of regular boundaries help us continue in our lives. Being able to live a productive and a disciplined life. Those disciplines are important in our lives. Godliness must be pursued. It must be trained. And while some of the training can take place in church through Bible studies or online services like the one you're listening to, much of the work has to be done one-on-one -on -one with God. And there's no shortcuts to discipleship. Discipline is just what it is. It's discipline, and it's taking those little steps. You know, last week I received a number of requests to help people through the difficult challenge of confronting ourselves and confronting others. So this, this, this morning I want to outline a few things that I think could help us from turning a situation where we are trying to help one another into a conflict and really help us to learn skills to help each other. You see, we need to use what we call loving confrontation to solve our issues. So I'm going to combine two words into a mathematical equation to help you remember. Care plus confronting equals carefronting. 
care plus confronting equals carefronting. Now, carefronting is confronting in a caring way. The caring must be genuine and the confronting must be motivated by love, not anger. You see, carefronting is a way of communicating the truth in a loving way that has both impact and respect at the same time. Carefronting says, I care enough to confront. I want a relationship and I also want honesty and integrity. In the process of carefronting, conflict is viewed as neutral. In other words, it's neither good or bad. The, 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 the conflict isn't good or bad. And uh, it's viewed as being natural. It's neither to be avoided nor short-circuited. Carefronting brings together five elements of caring and confronting. Number one, caring. I want a relationship with you and confronting. I want honesty and integrity. Two, caring. I care about our relationship and confronting, but I also feel deeply about this issue. Three, caring. I want to hear your view, but confronting, I want to express my view clearly. Four, caring. I want to respect your insights, and yet confronting, I want respect for mine. And finally, number five, caring. I give you my loving, honest respect. And then confronting, I want you to know where I stand and what I'm feeling, what I'm needing, and what I'm wanting in response. You see, carefronting invites another person or another, yeah, another person to change, but does not demand it. By communicating the truth and love, we create an environment for healing and growth. Carefronting and the convicting work of the Holy Spirit go hand in hand. Freeing a person, freeing another person from all the life-controlling problems. I know this, I can't change another person and neither can you, but helping and trusting God, we can. I also wanted to outline five ways to carefront without being judgmental. Uh, David Osberger wrote a book called Caring Enough to Confront. And in it, he gives five steps. He says, first of all, focus your feedback on action and not on the actor. This gives the person the freedom to change their behavior without feeling personal rejection. He gives this example. He says, when someone criticizes people who are not present, as you were doing a moment ago, I get uptight. I'd encourage you to say what you have to say to the person. See, there's a way to handle it. I'm not attacking the person. You always criticize people. No, I'm saying when you do that, it makes me feel bad. I deal with my feelings. Number two, focus your feedback on your observations, not on your conclusions. In other words, comment on what you have actually seen, not on what you think, imagine, or infer. When you state your own opinion and conclusions, those words will evoke immediate defensiveness. You know, when somebody is stating strong opinions or conclusions, I feel defensive. So rather, focus instead on a statement of fact. Example, you're not looking at me and not answering when I speak. Give me your attention and an answer. See, that's a direct way without punishing the person or judging the other person, but dealing with the issue. 
focusing on the issue. Then, number three, focus your feedback on descriptions, not on judgments. So don't comment on another's behavior as being nice or rude, right or wrong. Rather, use a clear, accurate description in neutral language. Be a reporter and not a judge. Let me give you an example. I see that you avoid looking at me when I speak and you seem anxious for our conversation to end. Why is that? See how direct that is? And yet it's not a judgment. It's just an observation of a fact. Number four, focus your feedback on ideas, information, and alternatives, not on advice and answers. Instead of commenting with instructions on what to do with the data that you have to offer, rather offer ideas, options, and alternatives. Example, it appears that you face several options. Are you able to allow someone to discuss those options? Are you able to allow that without you dominating or giving direction or advice? And then finally, number five, focus feedback not on why, but on what and how. Don't judge a person's values, their motives, and their intents. Instead, focus on observable actions, words, or tone of voice. You can best help a person to see himself or herself by focusing on what, where, when, and how. Remember when you're carefronting, it should be done carefully, lovingly, gently, constructively, and clearly. Never carefront with any possible interpretations of blaming, shaming, or punishing. You see, godliness is an attribute that God works in our lives when we persevere at something. And it allows us not only to confront others and ourselves, but to do so with the same kind of compassion, the same kind of feeling that God does with us. Aren't you glad that God is slow to anger and slow to wrath and slow to judgment? He's long-suffering. He's loving. He's kind. If God judged us according to what we deserved, we would all be in hell. We would all deserve hell. But he doesn't. He judges us and works with us. And he sends his Holy Spirit to comfort, to guide, to direct, and lead us. He gives us his word as a mirror to our lives. And he gives us each other. I want to encourage you to think about some of the things we've been talking about today. How are you doing in your care fronting? How are you doing with godliness? Are you persevering? And can you see godliness being constructed in your life? How are we doing with some of these life-controlling issues that we've been facing. Father, I'm asking today for your grace. I'm asking you to help those that are under the sound of my voice. And Father, help in as many ways as you possibly can. Father, break in on them with your Holy Spirit. Give them revelation through your word. Father, help them to build the kind of relationships with others that they could have meaningful carefrontations, work in our marriages, work in our families, work in our individual lives, work in our workplaces, 
work in our church. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And if you've been watching and you're seeing those numbers at the bottom of the screen, you, you may very, very well need to get some help. You may not know where to get help. And uh, I can just say this, that those numbers have people at a call center waiting to answer your call. Sometimes you just need to get involved with other people. And really, we have to trust God that he can, having begun a good work in this, bring it to completion. Make a call. Get a hold of God. Get a hold of someone to help you. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Thank you for joining us online. We hope and trust that you've been blessed by this service. Stay connected with us through our social media platforms, Facebook and WhatsApp. As we go, stay safe, stay blessed, stay connected.